you've got a permanent smile, haven't you, Dan? Yeah, because I'm the happiest man alive. <laughs> Very good. Wait, 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 Dan, hold on. Why are you the happiest man alive? Is it because you're living in Brighton? Is it because you are the man behind Veg Power? Dan, why are you the happiest man alive? Because I have a really fantastic job. Do you know, the wonderful thing about my job is nobody hates me. Because there's not anybody, anybody, there's nobody in the entire planet who disagrees with eat more veg. There's not, not like a militant anti-eating more veg brigade camped outside my house telling me that I'm doing evil. And so on the basis of the fact that everything's what we're doing is really, very really nice. And they're all terribly lovely to us. I just have a lovely world I live in where the whole world is delightful. Excellent. D David, in comparison to you and I, because we're basically in sales, David, aren't, aren't we? And we just have all that negativity of dealing with people that don't want to really buy with us or try to negotiate. Did, shall we stop? We, guys, we're live. We better do this properly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to myself, Max McGillivray from Beanstalk. We are live with the fantastic Dan Parker of VegPower and the fantastic David Rogers from Toes of Seeds. VegPower, a great positive update and discussion on how to change the attitudes and awareness of seasonal vegetables. That's the house and call for, for today. But we're really pleased to have David on uh, because he's our, um, our Dan, what should we describe David as? He's our star guest. Isn't he? He's our Absolutely. he's our he's our Ronaldo. Let's go for that one. He's, he, he is. He's the Ronaldo of the fresh produce sector. Not sure I can live up to that billing. <laughs> he's very good with his feet. Okay, so let's look at uh, Veg Power, especially for those on uh, the, the the podcast, and we're live onto uh, YouTube. We're live onto uh, LinkedIn. We're live onto Facebook. Uh, Veg Power running a campaign that involves more than two hundred organisations brings valuable lessons on building and maintaining relationships. Veg power, if you haven't heard of it, if you've been uh, hiding behind uh, um, your satchel at, uh, at school or behind your, your desk at work, is a not-for-profit organisation focused on encouraging the UK to eat more veg. Since their inception, around three years ago, their successes include the award-winning Eat Them to Defeat Them campaign in partnership with ITV, which included a TV ad supported by over £10 million of advertising from ITV, Channel 4 and Sky Media. This year, the campaign's accompanying schools programme reached half a million primary school kids from 1,900 schools. So that again, 1,900 schools. They were able to demonstrate behavioural change with an additional 517 million children's vegetable portions sold from the campaign's launch um, in February 2019 to July 2020. The Veg Power operating model includes a strong, diverse and vocal alliance that has nationwide reach and impact, all on a very low budget. The alliance consists of individuals, groups and organisations that are passionate about the cause. It includes large and small businesses, national and local government, NGOs, community groups and schools, celebrities and influencers. So let's get these, uh, these gentlemen to introduce themselves um, properly, rather than my slightly uh, uh, frivolous uh, start to this, uh, to this broadcast. Dan, just give a bit more of a, of a background to, you, to your good self, please, so we can all learn from you. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, good morning. So I'm Dan Parker. Uh, my background is in uh, marketing and advertising. I spent about 25 years running campaigns for big consumer goods companies and supermarkets. And uh, I've been here since the launch of Edge Power, where we've said, let's bring some of those high level marketing skills and techniques that you might find at a packaged goods company. Let's bring them into the world of vegetables bring them into the world of fresh produce because if we want to get the world eating more veg which we really need to do from the point of view of public health and obviously we need to do from the point of view of industry 
is we have got to win that emotional battle. We have got to persuade people that veg isn't the third thing on the plate, that it's not a commodity product, that it's something you cherish and value and look out for and try lots of different variety and get a lot of pleasure from veg. And that's the mission that we're on. Okay, Dan, if it's okay to mention, because I think this is a important, and I hope it's okay to mention, it's not like you're, you're trying to sell toasters that you've got no um, emotional contact with. You weren't overly well. Um, and you got better. Uh, why were you not well? And how did you get better? Uh, well, so I got, uh, about six years ago, at about the age of 46, I got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, which is the thing that uh, put my dad in his grave and my aunt in her grave. Um, and when I got that, I sort of stepped out of my bubble and realized that actually doing the, the work that I was doing was probably not helping that and not making the world a better place and as I studied it I realized that you know just how food driven it is now I now have my diabetes in remission without any medication and I do that purely by having a healthier lifestyle and uh, eating a better choice of food uh, and, and, and the interesting thing is not only do I have diabetes in remission but I the sluggishness that I felt in my 40s yeah, that yeah. I just thought was old age has gone and I feel um, I feel energized in a way that actually turns out this is how you should feel if you've got a decent diet and it's quite life-changing it's quite liberating. Fantastic Dan and, and David that's one, one of the reasons I needed you on to try and help me keep up with that uh, with Dan he's so full of uh, so full of energy so Dan <laughs> so David over to you please um, who are you and who are you representing? Okay yeah so my name's David Rogers uh, I'm the commercial director at Toza Seeds. Uh, I've been working at Toza Seeds uh, for about 20 years, just over 20 years now. Um, so my role, yeah, I, I began uh, in sales and now kind of my role is uh, all encompassing. We've got uh, businesses in, in Holland, Spain and the USA and I sort of oversee wow. that, yeah. Okay, and, and just hold, hold, uh, hold my figurative hand because we've got a lot of um, students, a lot of people internationally um, dialed in and they won't know um, too much about um, to Toza Seeds um, in the respect of, um, of what you do. Can you just, just give, give, give us a bit of a, a brief background of Toza Seeds and, and what you actually do and how the consumer would come across um, you, your colleagues and your products, please? Yeah, so Toza Seeds, uh, we're a vegetable breeding company, so we make our money by, by breeding new varieties of vegetables and selling the seed to primarily to growers, but also to to resellers and sort of Mr. Fothergills into the sort of hobby market. Um, and we are pretty much, we're not the only vegetable breeding company in the UK, but we're probably, we, we do more vegetable breeding than any, either of the other two. There's only three of us, really. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, an ongoing uh, company, which with breeding is ongoing. The R&D is a huge part of what we do. And we're relatively small. So, so in terms of vegetable breeding industry, most of it comes out of Holland. Most of our competitors are enormous compared to us. So we tend to uh, work in areas that maybe they're not so interested in or areas that we remain very, very strong in. So most, for instance, most of the celery, celery you eat in, certainly in, in Northern Europe and Spain will be from our seeds. Fantastic. Uh, uh, David, I just had a, a WhatsApp in. Uh, Toza Seeds, uh, one of the best seed companies, if not the best seed company in the in the UK, go Toza Seeds. So that's from, from, from yeah, one, of your, one of your contacts has already done it. And, and also, just 
if we forget sometimes about what your what you, David, and your and your colleagues are doing, you're basically feeding the nation. And I'm not trying to be emotional or glib. It's not like you're going back to what we we're saying earlier, toasters. You're not making toasters, which yeah, we all need toasters in our life. But the, we've already got this real life example with with Dan. He wasn't well. He changed his diet. He started eating and consuming the products that you and your growers uh, grow, grow uh, clients um, grow for for all of us. So, so, so David, are you not sort of secretly proud that you're actually in this sector and making such a difference, especially with this upsurge of scratch cooking and um, the, with, the, with the likes of Veg Power looking to push your category? Are you not quite proud to be in the sector? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really, really interesting sector to be in. Absolutely, yeah. And and more than that. You know, touching on, on what Dan has said, I mean, our product is, or products are incredibly healthy. We all know, as Dan said, you know, everybody's in favour of eating more vegetables. Uh, so, so absolutely, which is sort of why we, we got behind the, the Veg Power campaign. Um, and and to, come on, gents, if it's okay to, to, to ask about this commercial relationship, was that an easy sell? Um, Dan uh, to get David on board and, and, and David were you really happy were you sort of running at this alliance with the with, with veg power because to, to, the, it looks to be looks to be a marriage made in heaven Dan you go first uh, he whipped me he ground me down it was like a master slave relationship absolutely shocking um, no I, um, it, we had a, a love we had a couple of lovely conversations and there's just such a natural synergies that I think that, uh, you know, ultimately our job is to grow the category. If we grow the category, then people buy more vegetables. If we buy more vegetables, we plant more vegetables. Therefore, we yeah. need more vegetable seed. It's a pretty easy connection to make. I think yeah. the other thing that's really interesting, perhaps a question I was talking over David, is that what I think we've also seen recently is a big interest in growing vegetables at a small scale at home, even on windowsills and in small gardens, which I, I've always believed is a very productive thing. It's a very healthy thing for a child or a family to do generally, but I think it really helps with their um, relationship with food. And I, I think it's, uh, we've seen a lot of exciting initiatives from the seed sector in general to help encourage that. And I think we'll see many more going forward. Yes, and, and David, I, I would, uh, not hope i'll just just see that there there's going to be this fantastic halo effect for yourself to be aligned to dan um, his his great colleagues with, within veg power because there's this circular symbiosis of um, of you grow the seed dan dan looks to promote mm -hmm. it to, to to kids kids eat, eat more of it uh, the growers need need more they come come to you david for, for more seed is that is that what you're thinking uh, david or there are other 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 positive facets to it no no obviously that that symbiosis is is definitely there um, but what I was really pleased about with the whole Veg Power initiative, and I, I remember seeing a presentation of it a number of years ago uh, when uh, I think it was pretty much first launched. But my thoughts always been, you know, we, we as, as you know, we're selling at the end of the, our industry is selling food items and we compete really with, you know, bars of chocolate or whatever else. Yeah. Cans of Coca-Cola. But generally those products have a huge amount of money going into promoting them. Yeah got products that are incredibly healthy everybody agrees we need to eat more but you know because of the nature of the industry we weren't really able to promote them that well so i think this is a really good a really yeah. good opportunity for the industry to to get together and kind of help promote what we all do yeah let me put a number on that david the um the average uh, consumer packaged goods company or quick service restaurant spends about 13 percent of its turnover on marketing and advertising so you imagine if 
if vegetables sent 13, I mean, vegetables probably doesn't spend 0.13% of its turnover on marketing and advertising. And ultimately, when we're competing for share of plate, share of basket, share of mind, you're exactly right. That's what we are competing with. And we are, we are massively outgunned. Simple as that. And always will be, right? Yeah. And gents, it's not just the, uh, the, the, the marketing elements. It's that you think of the massive burden on the NHS of, of that, well, look, look at the national food strategy. That's a that's a white paper stage in uh, in the government at the moment, and and this this issue that the, the consumer is just eating too much uh, salty food, too much um, high sugar food. When the answer, I always get shot down for, for, for this. To, to me, the the answer to the obesity crisis is very simple: more exercise and eating more uh, veg, more, more more fruit and veg. And I know there's more there's more to it than than that, but. David, don't you think it's sort of farcical that you've got the likes of an energy drink that is spending something in the region of 25% of its £1.80 it gets for that energy drink on um, uh, marketing, and they've got superstar sports stars um, promoting it. Then we've got the likes of, um, we're talking about celery, um, so difficult for the Celery Association to have any form of marketing campaign and to get any, any form of traction. But, but David, I suppose yeah. that's what, with your help with, with Veg Power to give them that, that push and, and with the... What, 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 Dad, what's that great, great expression you use? You're just a bunch of blaggers. That's that's why you managed to get 10 million of advertising from the likes of ITV, Channel 4 and Sky Media and all the celebrity endorsements. It's, uh, it, go on, Dan. Well, I mean, how else? Well, I, there is an answer to how else, but at the moment we're faced with a situation that says if we want to go out and vaguely compete, we know, nobody's got the money to pay for it. And so therefore, we've got to go and try and find a way to get media and celebrity support and these other things for free, because that's the only budget we really have available. And thankfully, it's such a good cause and so much goodwill for it. that, as you say, you know, my team, a bunch of blackers go around on the scrounge for the whole time on behalf of the vegetable industry. But we get an immense amount of support. But let's be realistic. It puts us on a par in terms as an industry in terms of marketing clout on a par with something like Sharwood Pickles, in terms of how much money and scale we have to our advertising campaign. And I think the question we have to sort of put to the government is if the the government really wants everybody to eat more fresh produce, it's not just veg, it's got a whole of fresh, right? They really want everybody to eat more and more fresh produce because it's a good thing. They also don't want to see prices of fresh produce go up because they're concerned about making fresh produce available and accessible to people who don't necessarily have too much money. And so whilst the prices stay down and the margins stay tiny, there's no marketing. So the government needs to step into that more. The government needs to say, if this is what we agree is a good thing for the health and well-being of the nation, as well as for our countryside and our rural communities, the government needs to lean into getting that message out to the public and giving vegetables and other fresh produce a chance to compete for mindsets with fizzy drinks and chocolate bars. And I think that's the, the lean we have to have in them as we come out of Brexit and the realignment of the sector. Uh, you know, the AHDB's role is certainly changing. Let's put it that way, shall we, in yep. the sector. So as this massive realignment is happening, part of the story has to be significant government support for promoting vegetables, fruit, and other fresh products. 
Yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's a no-brainer because with that increase of on consumption and the decrease of uh, consumption of, of, of uh, fatty foods, we're going to see better health service, better longevity, better issues. But we can't, uh, Dan, you can't do that alone. And, and David, if it's okay, I'm going to be really cheeky here. I think it's fantastic that that you, your colleagues at Toaster Seeds, have got got involved. Um, David, would you encourage other fresh produce companies to uh, to to be aligned to hold the hand of, of veg? power to, to help them with the help them with their mes message david would you agree with me yeah absolutely of course yeah i mean the more the more other companies join up then the the, the more there's more input there's going to be so so it's more successful hopefully yeah so absolutely i'd, I'd encourage it yeah yeah thank you thank you thank, oh, thank you david to, uh, and, and David, David, as we said, it's, it's such unique to have, have, have Dan and his colleagues uh, self-titled self self-titled uh, a bunch of blaggers to be able to go. And, and now they've done that in some respects, the hard graft of, of getting that those media relationships opened up. It's, it's they've, they've done that bit, but they sort of need the content, content and they need the support of, um, of the whole sector uh, behind them. So, again, it's brilliant that you've looked to endorse them. And, and, and thank you for that housing call to the rest of the sector to get involved uh, like like yourselves and some other other big organizations that are that are, that are coming in so so Jen, so should we go to this topic of um seasonal veg um so dan why did you want to bring this up in in why am i laughing at the at the end of september and it's gone really windy and it's gone really cold and um yeah the, if there's nothing more that's going to warm us up it's going to be seasonal seasonal vegetables why, why did you want to bring it up well, I mean, you know, a nice, this time of year, a nice uh, baked bit of beetroot, absolutely perfect for warming you up, isn't it? Um, the, the question we're always asking is how are we going to increase consumption of vegetables? That's obviously the question we ask every single day at the World of Veg Power. And we now have a very well-established kids campaign with, with Eat and Defeat Them, which you see behind me on the wall, um, which is confirmed it's going to go ahead next year in 2022. It's going to be our fourth year. And we're going to try and push the schools program up to a million kids, which would be absolutely amazing. And uh, again, big TV advertising campaigns and celebrity sports and all the support and the other bits. right? And so we're doing a really great job with kids and we're slowly changing the perceptions around fun, which is really the gateway to getting kids to change their attitudes to fun. It's all about finding the fun in the food. If we look beyond the kids and we look towards particularly 18 to 34 year olds who are, you know, you know, millennials are now 23 to 41. I mean, you know, my generation will always think of millennials as kids, but they're not. They're, they're the parents now. They're the adults. They're becoming managers and directors in their working lives. They're the people who are taking over the mantle of influence from, from the generation that, the, that we three all come from. How do we get that generation who are going to influence the next generation of children to have a positive attitude to veg? And we have to strip that back. And I think seasonality presents a really strong opportunity because seasonality, if you're talking about a generation that is much more conscious consumers, they care much more about the planet, they care much more about their community. How do we plug into that in order to grow veg and grow the category as a whole? And I think seasonality is the key that can unlock that door for us. Brilliant. D David, what, what do you think? Because you must see this um, a lot with the with the positive demands from your from your clientele in the respect of uh, vegetables per se, but also uh, seasonal veg. Would, would you concur with what Dan is saying? Is this is this a, um, a, a bit of magic dust that we can create that we can help uh, to grow the category by getting that generation excited about about veg, excited about seasonal veg? I think I think that's correct. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, one of the only positive things that have come out of the lockdowns has been the amount of uh, 
people who have got into growing their own veg. So our, we, as I said earlier, we sort of supply companies who then sort of sell seed into, into hobby gardeners and sales have, have doubled, really. People wow. have picked up on the idea of growing their own veg. And I think that leads to people understanding how veg is actually a seasonal thing. And, and as Dan said, I, mean, I think it improves the relationship with, with food when a whole family can be sort of growing it and, and, and seeing how it, how when it harvests and, and when you eat things uh, yeah. yeah i think i think it can be if we can you know there is and always has been a sort of you know if we remember the sort of strawberries there was always excitement about about when strawberries came into season asparagus um yeah i i think it's it can be a really useful tool absolutely so, so Dan, Dan, do you think that using this marketing strategy of the seasonal vegetable veg uh, veg that we can actually grow this category for one and all and for the consumer to, to benefit from it? Yeah, so we have to break down and understand what the challenge is. And that's what we tried to do with the survey that we've just recently done with YouGov, because it's, it, it, you know, we need, we need to get a little bit more granular to understand what the issue is. Now, let me just give you some numbers that maybe break that down a bit, is that... Um, 86% of people here in the UK care, believe that the environment is a really important issue. I'm not entirely sure what's going on with the other 14%, but 86% say this is a very important issue. Right? But then when we say, do you see the environmental impact of your food as an important issue? It drops down to 49%. Now, interestingly, food's not on the agenda at all at COP26, which is absolutely insane, because we I all know, know that. Right, the production of food generates something like about 10% of greenhouse gas emissions and it has implications in terms of, of water and soil and many, many other issues, right? And yet it's not on the agenda for COP26 at all. It doesn't even exist inside the blue zone. And I believe that Norwich Scotland is setting up a pavilion outside the blue zone, but that's it for food. There is a pavilion outside the blue zone about food, which is insane, right? So we've got this massive great gap of people who don't realise that food is an important part of the climate change agenda. And that's something that we need to be talking about and getting it to front of mind. And we've seen some really good stuff on that recently from Sainsbury's and Morrison's, I think. The next thing is then we say, well, OK, how many people know about the environmental impact of our food? And again, we see it drop up to about a third of people reckon that they know the environmental impact of their food. So we've got some people who, who kind of care but don't know. But actually, the, the real bit of power matters is do you do something about the environmental impact of your food? Do you make changes to how you shop to reduce that impact? We see it drop down to 25%. So we've got these gaps of people, sort of the don't know and don't care type groups that we need to go and talk to in order to change that. So how do we get that to the front of their mind? That food has a big part to play and that how you choose your food in order to make a difference. Because actually, Food is one of the areas where any one of us as an individual can materially change the impact we're having, mm. right? where it's harder in other areas, but we can do with food. And so we, a bit of this is about informing and empowering people to do things because it's very, very hard to change culture and society and expectations and norms and things of that nature. You can do it if you have very big budgets or you have absolute genius at your fingertips. But actually, for most of us, particularly where we're in the smaller budgets of vegetables, what we have to do is find the prevailing winds and put our sail into those prevailing winds. And the prevailing wind of our time, one of the big ones, is about climate consciousness. And that's the wind that we need to make the most of, because it should be an open door for vegetables, but it isn't. We're not winning. We're not taking advantage of this trend at the moment. It is going straight past us by people who are marketing more aggressively. Yeah, and that's fascinating. 
David, did you know that about that about COP twenty six that um, that food no. on the agenda? I no. didn't know that because it's no, um, you, when you look at the national food strategy and the, the the white paper that's going through and how important that that is in the respect of um, how the here comes that expression of the government are looking to level up that that whole area. God, David, it's it's, 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 it's virtually a national disgrace, isn't it? That um, food's not on there. But I, again, um, Dan, Dan all, all credit to you to try and find those prevailing winds that you, you and VegPower can hop onto to the benefit of, of the consumer and, and the industry. Um, D- David, have you seen this before within within your industry sector? Um, this this clamour, this this desire, this potential for uh, for, for, for seasonal veg. Is, is it something that you can you can pivot your business to, towards to to the to the maximum effect of your your customers and their end consumers? I think it's well, a couple of things. But first, I think the the the, the thing that uh, was quite prevalent was was a sort of campaign for want of a better word to buy local which i don't think necessarily there was any clear definition of what what local meant and, and whether that was really very meaningful i'm not sure you can buy local if you're buying from from sort of in the middle of london somewhere yeah. but the alternative to that is actually if you encourage people to buy seasonally then effectively they will be buying locally they'll be buying veg that's grown in the uk in the right season so it effectively it's the same result so i think that's uh, that's something that could be we could we could look at um as promoting seasonal more um yeah i agree Dave. we have to look upon local as being this big lumber land that we live in because <laughs> yeah. you know for most people particularly people who are perhaps uh got a little less money or a little less time you know they're popping down to the supermarket and they're buying their produce they need to fill their basket and fill their bellies for 100 quid a week whatever it might be right and so the idea that they're going to sort of pop out to their local farm shop and bought organically produced small farm leeks is not a realistic, it's a, it's a middle class sensibility that doesn't have any grounding in the real world. Local in a global world means here in the United Kingdom, possibly a bit of Ireland as well. And that's where we should be getting the majority of our produce from. OK, OK. And, and to, uh, just um. If there's one thing I've learned over the last 18 months of doing 150, 160 plus broadcasts, it's this amazing word, collaboration. So you look at the collaboration that the, the two of you have got, Toza Seeds and, uh, and, and Veg Power. Um, but but um, Dan, you, you will not say no to more collaboration. How can the sector uh, as a whole help you, Dan, and your colleagues um, on the seasonality message? Is it that um, all of us should be upskilling our own social media to get get this voice out, to 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 raise, to, to hold on to those prevailing winds, or, or do we need to come to you directly with stories with our individual camp? What Dan, what do you need from us on, on a, as an industry to to collaborate with you to make seasonal veg a success, please? So I mean, it's uh, again, I think it goes back to understanding the issue so one of the other things we looked at is do people know what's in season when now first of all we said to people do you feel you know about what's in season when and 48 percent of people said that they did and that goes up to about 64 percent with people who are over 55 so there's a reasonable expectation we then gave everybody this quiz which i don't think was too hard where it said right when when is this vegetable in season it gave them sort of six different things to choose from to try and guess when they're in season now, the results were such that if somebody had rolled a dice, they would have got no. a better score than the public. And this was particularly true in hothouse products where people think the season is much, much shorter than it is. 
but also you know, generally think people think that um, you know broccoli is a winter veg, right? Where we all know that our you know if you're buying broccoli in January, it's coming from Spain, right? Yeah. Um, so we found that people don't know. So how do we make it so people get greater visibility? And yes, it's great for people to push on their social channels, but I think they should be pushing their retailers, which I know is an impossibly hard thing to do. We should be talking about how we create greater prominence on packaging to make it easier for people who are shopping at speed to pick out products locally. I mean, interesting, we ask consumers about... Um, they kind of would they like to buy seasonal veg and 75 percent of them said they thought it should be easier to buy seasonal veg than it is today and 80 percent of them called on supermarkets to give greater visibility to veg that's in season inside their store so i think the one of the best things that the sector can do is to push that as best yep. it can with its limited uh, influence you. that it has on retailers the social channels are great but in respect to most growers most of them don't have a very big social following uh, yeah. with one or two exceptions the the other thing is yeah, this this whole idea of pushing seasonality in store we're seeing quite a lot of interest in that from the grocers as well so we i think we may be pushing against an open door because they are trying to emphasize their environmental credentials quite heavily some more than others and the seasonality becomes an important part of that. So I think there is a, you know, there is a direction of travel that we all want to go in if we can collaborate more across the whole yeah. space. Yeah. Dan, well said. Oh, uh, David, just going off on, on a segue. Um, the, the person who's, who does your social media is very good, very, very good. They, they, they need a, a big uh, shout, shout out. And I'm just desperately trying to remember which retailer it was. Perhaps one of you two can help me. I think it's Asda has announced that they're going to be employing um, people to, to directly work in the fruit and veg department to educate it to help the help the consumer so it comes back to this uh, right. this call that we need more green grocers because um um we've got a fantastic green grocer in Barry St Edmunds market who's uh who's jokingly called Lord Hart um and he will give you the halcyon calls you walk by that tomatoes are in dragon fruit is in. we've got some dragon fruit try some dragon fruit we've got uh we've got celery in we've Got uh, potatoes from the and and so you 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 gain the sort of trust and your your credibility of the product from from him. So I think that was a really good thing that um, if it is Asda, I think it is uh, that they're actually going to have more people in that particular department looking to um, educate the consumer and and upsell. Fingers crossed, Dan. The the, the lights of um the lights of um se seasonal veg. Um, David, just over to you. Do yeah. do you think? Do you think it is the job of the grower to educate the consumer on seasonal veg? There's, there's me with my marketing head on saying that we, we should have more social media. And, and as Dan said, some of them don't have the best of um, um, social media following. Follow but do you think we should be putting more of an onus onto the grower? Or are they going to just say, well, we're growers. That's what we do. We don't we don't we don't do the job of the retailers. They don't what don't do what we do. It's not really our job. What do you think, David? Well, I think that's why something, you know, veg power is, is so useful. I can remember being at a conference many, many years ago and uh, some marketing guru saying to the growers in attendance, don't don't expect the retailers to do your marketing for you because that's not their job. I mean, they they are there to sell as much as they can of, of whatever it may be, really. And we all know, actually, some of the, the veg is, is lost leaders. So yeah. uh, very much it's it's for our industry to promote itself, to market itself. And that's why veg power is is such yeah. a yeah yeah well, well said. Well, we uh, need more collaboration, I think, around that though, Max. Because it, let's say you're a big tree farmer or a celery farmer, 
it's very hard to go and do a marketing campaign for big tree or celery. It's a very hard campaign to create. And we do see exceptions to that the British asparagus work, the British tomato fortnight work is good, but it's very hard to create campaigns around a particular vegetable. And you end up with quite a small pool of resources behind it. Now, where we're turning quite a lot of our focus for our seasonal veg marketing. So for example, the next one we have coming up is about tray bakes. And it's about doubling up the amount of vegetables you put into your tray bakes so that you can use them for lunches the next day. Because if you've roasted up some nice veggies, they're great. Mix them with some couscous, stick them on toast, stick them in the blender, make a soup, and you can basically get an extra meal for no more effort. Now, what does that bring together? It brings together all the veg that works in tray bakes. And I've got to say, actually, new experience for me, I'm putting celery in my tray bakes recently, and it works (laughs) an absolute treat. Doesn't want to go in for too long, but it's delicious, right? So we start seeing all our lovely roots, all our squashes, peppers, mushrooms, celery, and some others can all collaborate around an idea, which the idea is the tray bake. Because if people eat more tray bakes, they will eat more of those products, right? It also gets into the mindsets of people. How do we shop, right? We don't think, you know what? I really fancy beetroot tonight. What am I going to make with it? What we think is we're going to have a salad this evening or a stir fry or whatever it might be. And we need to think, well, okay, if somebody's thinking stir fry, we want to make sure that leads them to the products we want them to put into their stir fry that's pretty veg heavy. And so I think wrapping stuff around, looking at the issue from the lens of the consumer and how they're thinking and collaborating around areas of mutual benefit is how we can maybe bring a little bit more scale to the modest resources that people can bring. David, we're very lucky to have Dan, aren't we? He's, he's, pretty, he's pretty mustard. So I, I always end up saying this about him, but it, I, I meet very few people within, within, the, within the sector that have, has got that... that that's, um, Help, help me, David, that's sort of strategic thinking, that creative thinking, Think, thinking, here comes the buzzy terms, but thinking out of the box and actually to have that deployed into the into the sector. You can, that tray bake guy, tray bake idea is is just um, dynamite because yeah, you can see see a 15, 20, 25% uplift of, um, of veg sales on, on the back of that. Cook, cook a meal, but you're actually cooking cooking the meal, meal for the for the next day. What do you think, David? Exactly, yeah. And I think I think to a degree when I, when I see, you know, the amount of, recipes in newspapers and, and online there is a sort of i think there is a bit of an open door here i think people are quite open to to using more veg if, if you know people are coming where we started people know this is a good thing to do people know eating veg is good for you we should all be trying to have a more balanced diet including more fruit and veg in our diet because nearly all of us are actually a little bit deficient in that so yeah. absolutely i think these sort of ideas are in tune with the sort of thinking of, of many, many people. Yeah. Yeah. D- also, we need to think about our products as well in all this, Max, is that it's very easy in the world of veg not to see product development as something that we do because a carrot's a carrot, right? But actually is that one of the issues that really came out of the study of the pandemic is how important convenience is in people's food. Everybody thinks they're busy, even if they're not. And often the reasons that people give for not being as healthy as they might have wished to be or to scratch cooking to the degree they want is convenience. And what we saw with the pandemic is people got time back because they were working from home. A lot of that time got invested into people scratch cooking more. So what's exciting, I think, is some of the interesting new product development that's going on. I know Toza are doing an awful lot of this to develop products that actually start to to re, you know, to give us some new ideas and some fresh thinking about veg that's easy to easy to access. Yeah, yeah, well done. So, so, just, so just just watching the, uh, the, the the time, um, 
Dan, let, let's use, use our platform, use our, our network. Tell us what you want from us um, and, and tell us what, what else we, we, we're going to see from, from VegPower running up to the end of the year and in the new year. What do you want, want from us and what's going on? Okay, so I think the important thing is, um, you know, part of the reason working at seasonality is because uh, not only do I think it can be beneficial for UK-based growers, but actually I think it will grow the category and it will grow variety and will grow perception of values and therefore the prices that people would pay. And I think everybody gets to benefit. I think if frozen get to benefit, I think imported veg gets to benefit because the whole category will benefit if we use seasonality like a champion yeah. now we're we are running seasonal veg campaigns they we do them on a budget of threepence halfpenny, and they're fine and we get lovely influencer support get loads of celebrities come behind them and we get some decent reach for them right but they have some limits if we're going to next level around this thing we do need the government to get involved and what we're going to be working on next few months is we're trying to open up there is a door ajar for us uh, there is a lot of money moving around inside DEFRA and reorganization of the whole sector going on because of Brexit and because of uh, the AHDB and other issues. We need to position the sector as a whole to say, come on, government, give us money. And I think seasonality is the flag for that. And what I'm doing over the next few months is I'm off to visit um, all of Veg Powers members. We now have 24 members now that Toza has joined us. I'm um, going to be visiting all those. I'm off to Barfoot's on Wednesday, um, which will be lovely. Hopefully, the sun will come out um, and I won't have to trudge around a field in the rain. Um, and I'm, part of what I'm doing is rallying support so that as an industry, we go to DEFRA and say support this and we're working with Jack Ward at British Growers who recently joined our board yeah. and we need to start giving some voice and I think Veg Power can do this is that Veg Power can step into a role that AHDB never quite did wow. which is to be the marketing voice the voice of let's get people to eat more veg let's grow the sector as a whole and um, but we do need that industry support behind us in order to really have uh, the gravitas the leverage in order to be able to hopefully yeah. get some decent support from the government damn well, well said 24 members is fantastic uh barfoots uh one of the well they are the best grower of, uh, of sweet corn um uh, in the uk as, uh, as dan will find out when he goes down to chichester on wednesday um i'm just thinking of uh, the the fpj fresh produce journal they come out every year with the top 100 companies um in fresh produce and really there's no reason why all of those companies shouldn't be aligned to dan to, to veg power because that's going to give weight to Dan and VegPower, but also give that influence to government, for government to get involved. And then, and then we've got the double bubble of the, all that support from the, from the sector and the support from, from, from government. So, so David, just to, to wrap up with, with yourself, it's fantastic that you, you've given this uh, in, in endorsement of this partnership with, um, with Veg, VegPower. What would you like to see, what would you like VegPower to, to, to accomplish over the next two, three years, especially with your involvement, please? Well, I mean, what, what we're hoping for, obviously, is, is the success of, of the marketing campaigns for, obviously, as, as Dan was saying, the more members I think we can get on board, then the more likely it is that we'll get funding from, from government as well. So, yeah, just to see, a, you know, ideally, it'd be great to see a sort of snowballing of this and, and, and really being able to have enough clout really to, to make a difference with the marketing. David, well, well, well done. And be brave like David has. I, I know that uh, what's that expression that we've always said uh, Dan before that 50% uh, of marketing doesn't work. You just don't know which 50%.
but then if you look, but if you look at Dan, Dan, uh, Dan the mustard, I've got to call, call him that on a, on, a, on a Monday morning, end of September, see his ability and that, that of his, uh, of his teams and see what they've already done to, to date in the respect of 10 million pounds worth of, a, of a TV advertising alone. And with the partnerships with the, with the likes of, um, of David, uh, the future looks bright, but he, David and Dan can't do it alone. We all need to support uh, veg power on that, on, on that basis. So, so gentlemen, just before we, we wrap up, I'm going to see if uh, if Dan has uh, has changed, but we'll come to him him last. David, what's your favourite fresh produce? Uh, well, I have to say the Kalettes because they're a toes unique toes product and they're seasonal. Uh, they're they're between a, a kale and a Brussels sprout. They're they're during the supermarkets in in November, and uh, we just think they're fantastic, versatile, easy to cook, perfect perfect vegetable. Fantastic. Oh, I, I, I spent most of my time at Toza with you mentioning Barfoot's doing lots and lots of sweet corn trials, so I'm quite partial to a bit of sweet corn. Excellent. I, I, come on, Dan, I want to see if you've changed. What's your favourite fresh oh, produce? Oh, I'm please? forever changing. I'm, <laughs> I, at the moment, for me, it's massively beetroot and squash. I mean, if, I, if, oh, if, yeah. we, make a tray, if we make a tray bake and we make <laughs> some extra beetroot and squash, it's like having a bag of sweets. It really is. But over the course of summer, I have to say, I was really doing a lot of celery. I'm just saying that because David was here. <laughs> but I got a, my recommendation for people is to use celery like a piece of bread and fill the tube of the celery with like pate or hummus oh. or something like that. And then just, oh, that I've been doing a lot of that this summer. But as winter's kicking in, which it certainly was this morning, I'm deeply into my roots and squashes. Excellent. Um, David, shall we hop in the car and go down to Brighton and see Dan and uh, enjoy a tray break on the on, on Brighton Seafront? Yeah, I want some KLS. Oh, yes. where, where, when's my bag of carelets arriving, David? Oh, soon as they, have, they begin to be harvested. Can I can I tray bake them? You can tray bake them, absolutely. You can eat them raw, you can tray bake them, you can stir oh, fry them. It's, it's turned into a cooking show. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, the best way to get the world to eat more vegetables is to celebrate how fantastic they are. Yeah, yep. boom. Right. Gentlemen, well well done. Uh, love to have you uh, both on again. And yeah, all, all power to VegPower and all power to Toast the Seeds. Uh, Dan, thank you. David, thank you. We'll catch up very shortly. Uh, thanks, thanks, Max. Thanks, Thank you. Bye-bye.